Mike Demergis, along with Mark Healy, the editor of Gotham Baseball, with the playoff push and the Mets push for the playoffs it is over, Mark, and it came to a big thump. After 101 wins, uh, they lose two out of three to the Padres in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, what went wrong here? Well, obviously, they didn't pitch. I mean, obviously, they, 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 they didn't hit in game three, and that's why they lost that game, but they didn't pitch. I mean, you know, Scherzer goes out and lays a giant egg, and if you don't think that that had an emotional impact, psychological impact, on the Mets, then, you know, you're just not paying attention. You know, you're, you're pitching at home. This is the guy you got, you're, you're spending an exorbitant amount of money. And it was clear. I mean, Max didn't alibi that he was hurt, but it was clear that Max, his oblique was bothering him. He wasn't finishing his pitches the way he usually does. And, you know, I, I, I'm still stunned by game one, you know, like just watching that complete breakdown of Scherzer not being able to, uh, you know, finish off hitters. And then, and then watching the Mets get opportunity after opportunity in game one, leaving guys at third base, not even being competitive, uh, you know, in that game one atmosphere, uh, you had to worry, you know, uh, that something was not going to uh, go well for the Mets. And, and let's be honest. I mean, after getting swept in Atlanta, you know, uh, again, it was on the road, but you got swept in Atlanta. All three pitchers did not pitch well. Uh, when I'm talking about Scherzer and DeGrom and, and, and Bassett, you know, so, I mean, I'm stunned that it happened the way it happened, but I don't know how you could expect big things from the Mets, the way that they finished September and the way that they finished, you know, a way that they played that series with the Braves. And many people could say the series was really lost in the weeks before losing to the Braves. Uh, losing games down the stretch the way they did against teams that they should have won. Well, look, I've I've been watching and covering the Mets for a very long time. So when people say, oh, the Mets have an easy schedule, I always say the same thing. There's nothing easy in baseball. Yes, there's teams you should beat, and you should beat those teams. But that doesn't mean you're going to beat them. You can't pencil them in. And and look, the Braves just never – after June 1st, they just didn't lose. You know, they played at an incredible pace. And it's not like the first time we've seen that, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, pennant pursuit or, or division pursuit in this town. You know, the 78 Yankees were the ones that did it to the Red Sox. And, you know, it's, it, look. Uh, and you, go, you, go look back, it, you go back to 2007, too. Uh, they had a nice no, lead course. on the Phillies, and of they course. blew that but, down the stretch. But I had a feeling that that team, and if you look at that team in 2007 and 2008, and I'm, I'm writing a piece about it this week, but, you know, they made the same mistakes in 2006, uh, you know, when they, after the, after the season in 2006, they just re did so many things that I felt in 2007, I wrote a piece, uh, you know, during spring training in 2007, where I said, I don't think this Met team is going to make the playoffs because I don't make like a single move that they made. And, you know, they wound up, you know, they wound up, missing the playoffs in 2007 and 2008. I wasn't happy about it, but, you know, you just get a feeling about a team. You just get a feeling about, I, I never got that feeling about the 2022 Mets that they were quote unquote collapsing. I was just like, Oh my God, how can we hold off? You know, how can the Mets hold off the Braves? Cause they just don't lose. Um, and there was plenty of opportunities for the Mets to, you know, win games on the days that Atlanta finally did lose, but they just couldn't, they just couldn't shake Atlanta. I didn't look at it as 
the Mets being bad. I looked at it as the Braves great. Listen, you, you can't apologize for 100, 101 wins under, under Buck Showalter. You can't apologize for that. But going into next year, look, the, the Braves aren't going anywhere. They have a young, vibrant team. The Mets are an old team. A lot of free agents, starting with Jacob DeGrom here. Uh, the thing about DeGrom is he's only pitched 200 innings, 210 innings the last three years. Of course, we had the, the COVID year. Before that, he was a perennial 150, 200-inning guy. You know, what are the Mets' options here? Do they invest in him and a guy that's, as uh, John Heyman wrote, more of a Picasso than a uh, a lunch pail kind of guy that's going to grunt out innings for them? I mean, look, the guy throws masterpieces, but he he has been fragile. Look, the one thing I don't have to worry about uh, as as a Mets fan and somebody you know who's followed this team forever and somebody who's written about this team forever. If you're a Met fan, you don't have to worry now about whether ownership is going to sign people or not sign people based on, you know, uh, the the payroll or based on, uh, you know, being worried about being criticized by the media. This front office is going to make decisions like Vulcans. They're going to decide on players or bringing them back or signing them or trading them or whatever or letting them walk based on do they think that this pitcher or this player is going to contribute in 2023 and beyond? I would be shocked if the Mets don't make a very competitive offer to Jake DeGrom. The last thing that, that any Met fan wants to see is Jake DeGrom go to Atlanta and win 20 games next year. <laughs> that, is, that is the worst nightmare. And we've seen it before. We've seen the Mets uh, you know, not sign a player uh, because he was asking for too much money. And David, and, 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 and you know, um, Mr. Net Negative, you know, Daniel Murphy, you know, Sandy Alderson didn't want to resign him because he didn't like the money that, he, that Daniel Murphy was asking for. And then he goes to the Nationals and he wins the MVP. Yeah. Daniel Murphy so, basically brought yeah. them to the World Series that year. He was, right. he was, he was, he was, so, he was the natural that, that postseason. So the last thing that, you know, let's put it this way. I'm not going to worry about Jake DeGrom specifically or any other free agent because I know that the decision-making process will be based on ability. It will be based on assessment. It will be based on, you know, uh, it will be based on talent evaluation, not, not on, you know, emotional or, or uh, you know, mitigating factors that have nothing to do with, building the best baseball team that, that they, they want to build. And that's why I'm not, I'm not overly worried about it, Mike, because I just feel like if they feel Jake DeGrom is going to be special, if Jake DeGrom wants to be here, he'll be here. But, but if, he, if he doesn't want to be here anymore, then he'll go. But Mark, they, they're already giving Scherzer, you know, the, another 12-1 guy here, maybe DeGrom wins 12, 13 games in 40, 40, 50 million dollars a year. Can, can you, can Cohen choke on that? Or, I mean, that's a, that's a big nut to swallow here for a guy that, like I said, is has 200 innings over the last three years. I'm not going to play armchair GM. I, I feel like Jake DeGrom is a homegrown Met. Uh, he's a guy that has been brilliant. Um, and I think that if the Mets are confident, I mean, look, no one knows Jake more than the Mets. If the Mets pass on Jake, it's either going to be, be because they don't think that he's uh, healthy enough to be an ace uh, or that Jake want, just wants to leave New York. 
I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it, you know, Mike. And I don't think Met fans should either. You know, I really don't. I mean, he's, it, it's going to be a situation where the Mets aren't going to be limited to who they want to bring back. They're not going to be limited to whoever they want to spend money on. Whoever they sign, it's going to be either their choice or the player's choice. And I think that the Mets have shown that it's a completely different environment, a completely different culture than it's been before. We're talking with Mark Healy, the editor of Gotham Baseball on the playoff push. Uh, Buck Showalter comes in, the team wins 101 games, uh, but a lot of people are questioning his move on whether uh, Musgrove had some kind of substance on his shiny ears. His ears were very shiny. That, that's the first thing I noticed while, while I was watching the game. And he and he's catching some feedback from that, even from uh, the play-by-play announcer, Gary Cohn. I, I, I tweeted that this morning. I thought it was, you know, look, Gary Cohn is, and I love Gary Cohn. He, he is certainly entitled to his opinion, but that doesn't make him right. And all the criticism, a lot of that criticism that's coming, it's coming after the fact. And I felt at the time when I'm watching it, I was like, I have no problem with this. You might as well try something. To, to me, it was, games, it was gamesmanship yeah, trying to throw absolutely. him out of his rhythm, rhythm a little bit. Had, he, he, had had to do something. he had to do something. Yeah, I had zero problem with it. I think that, that the criticism is just, there's a lot of people that did not want Buck Walter managing the Mets. And this is somehow vindication for them. So this was something that they could throw because everything they were saying during game two, when he made some weird bullpen choices, uh, even though they won the game, uh, they were like, Oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, nothing happened. You know, nothing happened. Bassett turned into Steve Traxel for the evening. And, you know, <laughs> for as, for as much as the Padres stepping out, people were, you know, talking about that. Well, one of the reasons they were stepping out is because Bassett kept shaking off the pit, uh, Nito. He kept shaking off every sign. And so while he's shaking off, then the, you know, the Padres are stepping out. So one thing led to the other. And so, you know, I was just so surprised that a guy like Bassett who's been a bulldog all year uh, fell apart and let the bottom half of the order, like dictate that game. And, you know, I, I was more annoyed about that than any other aspect of game three. Uh, more annoyed, you know, and, and certainly Scherzer did the same thing in game one. You know, a guy's hitting 185, hits, hits home runs. I mean, you just can't, it can't happen. So obviously uh, a disappointing end to this season. I think Buck Schulter was an awesome manager. Uh, I think he, you know, set the tone all year, did not let this team or its fan base get too out of control uh, when they were losing and too, you know, too over themselves. Uh, when they were winning, uh, any talk about, you know, Billy Epler being a failure or Buck Showalter being a failure is just, you know, Met fans are angry and I don't blame them. Again, you can't apologize for 101 wins. Now let's uh, move across town to the Bronx. The Yankees open up a series against the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Cole on the mound, Quantrill goes for Cleveland. Uh, listen, you, you talk about not apologizing for 101 wins. The Yankees are in the playoffs pretty much every year. But they've got to make the World Series, and it's it's got to be this year. And if they don't, some heads might roll depending on the performance here. Uh, Yankees will be without DJ LeMahieu uh, since he signed that contract. His his numbers have dropped, whether it's an injury or performance. Uh, you know that's that's a tale of LeMahieu. The, the Yankees relied on him those early years they had him, but uh, his his numbers have dropped. 
How do you think, uh, talk about the pressure Garrett Cole's under right now and the Yankees are under to, to certainly make it to the World Series and not just win this series against Cleveland, which isn't a given. Look, I've written about this. You know, I have certainly, uh, I have my misgivings about Garrett Cole as an ace. I definitely have misgivings about Garrett Cole as an ace in New York. Uh, he did not pitch well in September. Uh, He seems to be the kind of guy that is ruffled by the slightest thing that goes wrong. Um, That said, you know, he did have, you know, he did have a tremendous season striking out hitters. Um, I believe he led the majors in strikeouts and, you know, certainly a guy that has at times looked really good this year. But if I'm a Yankee fan and I'm sitting there, I, I don't know how you can be overly confident other than the narrative of the Yankees always seem to beat teams from the AM, AL Central, you know, uh, that narrative. Well, that doesn't matter this year. This year, Garrett Cole is going to be pitching uh, against a lineup that they might not have power, but they make contact. And this is a guy that gave up 33 home runs this year. Now, granted, the Yankees don't hit a lot of uh, – the, uh, the Guardians don't hit a lot of home runs, but they make contact. I go back to the 2015 World Series. You know, uh, the Mets got line drive to death in that World Series because the, the the Royals just kept hitting and they couldn't get, you know, they just couldn't strike them out with the same, uh, you know, with the, with the same, you know, uh, with the same, you know, like that, that, that approach. That, but yeah, that, that, that whole mindset of it's better to strike a, a pitcher, you know, a player out than, than, you know, to get them to ground and into, into double plays and things like that. I don't know if that's going to work against the guardians. Uh, and when you lump in the fact that, you know, Cole, you know, hasn't done it as a Yankee, he just hasn't. And I don't care what anybody says, you know, playing in New York is a completely different experience. And, you know, if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm apprehensive about Garrett Cole tonight. I, I, I have I have to be because I haven't seen him come up huge in a huge spot yet uh, in a game that that matters. Uh, looking at the Yankees lineup, talk about being apprehensive. Uh, I'm not that crazy about it. It doesn't look that strong. You got Aaron Judge leading off, Rizzo batting second, Glaber Torres batting third, Donaldson fourth, Giancarlo Stanton fifth, Oswaldo Cabrera sixth, Harrison Bader seventh. Uh, Connor Falefa eighth and Trevino ninth here. Uh, not exactly murderer's row here. Uh, when when you get past the top two, inconsistency on the way down, and you don't know what you're going to get from the young kids either, like, like uh, Cabrera. I understand the, you know, the justification of batting Judge leadoff. I understand it. I would never do it. I think it's stupid. I think that I would have. You know, I look, I'm an old school baseball guy. I don't dismiss analytics the way some people do or call it nerd ball. It, it's clearly a tool that clearly has uh, use. But at the end of the day, having Aaron Judge lead off and not be your third or fourth hitter just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And this is, this is not a lineup that's filled with guys who hit 300. You know, it's just not. Not having Lemayhew on the roster uh, with that with that injury to his foot that you know just hasn't allowed him to be better. Uh, Glaber Torres is one of those you know he's either all in or out, all all in or out. Josh Donaldson's not the same guy. I mean, if it was me and I was making a lineup, I would have 
you know, Judge batting third and, and Rizzo batting fourth. And that's what I would do. I don't know who your number one or number two hitters are, but it wouldn't be Aaron Judge and it wouldn't be <laughs> Rizzo batting second. It makes no sense to me. Uh, but Yeah, that's you know, that, that's the problem. Who, who do you put leadoff? Do you put the Cabrera leadoff? That, that, that's the problem right there. They don't have a, a leadoff guy, and the lineup's really a lot of hot and cold, which doesn't work well in the postseason. That's one thing LeMahieu brought in previous yeah. postseasons was that consistency. And not only that, Mike, but it's I think it's a failure of of Brian Cashman. Uh, there's, know, there's, a, there's a lot of failures here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, look, I, I don't love the lineup. Uh, and, and of course, you know, they'll go out and hit six home runs tonight and I'll look like an idiot, but you know, you ask me my opinion, that's what I'm going to say. I don't like the lineup. I don't like the way it's set up. Uh, this team is a feast or famine type of lineup. Um, and I just think it's, it's, it, I think it's just think it's cultivated incorrectly. And so, and I, and I don't think Aaron, Aaron Boone has much to say about what the lineup is. So I'm not certainly not going to blame him. Uh, I think this is a, uh, a Brian Cashman, um, you know, uh, orchestrated team. And I think that's why, you know, it may not be the guardians It may be, you know, maybe the Astros again, but I just don't have a great feeling about them. They're a good team. They, Aaron judge is fantastic, you know, but I, I'm just not, I mean, Nesta Cortez in game two, you know, I mean, I've, I loved watching him pitch this year. I think he's great. But uh, Garrett Cole worries me. And if you lose that game number one, all you've done is give the is is give baseball's youngest team the boost of confidence they they're going to need, you know, to to you know upset the Yankees if that's possible. Of course, in in Cashman's defense, which I really do, they, he did sign Benatendi, and Benatendi's hurt, hurt, not on, not on the playoff roster. So, uh, and so he would be your leadoff guy there, but. Uh, listen, Cashman, you look over the years to 20 years since they won the last World Series. What players has he really developed in, in the team? Robinson Cano, of course, we know about the steroid stuff. He, he destroyed Jabba Chamberlain, right? Yeah. Aaron Judge and Severino never really panned out to what we were hoping he would be. So you're talking four players over 20 years. The only one who's really had an, an, an impact really to me is, is Aaron judge. And you got to disqualify Cano because of the steroid issue. So Cashman's record is spotty. He lived off of Gene Michael and, and Bob Watson and all those championships were Gene Michael's teams. And, and, and that's a fact about it. And, and Cashman's numbers, he had plenty of duds in there. You know, what happened to Jesus Montero and Michael Pineda, all the, all these players that they either had or, or, or dealt with through the years turned out duds. Okay. Plenty of players, plenty of sunny grays in, in in that list of of moves no, he's look, made. Look, I like Brian personally. Uh, you know, I do think that you know he he's had some successes. Certainly, the team is is always in the mix. But at some point, the Yankees have gone from World Series or bust to, hey, we made the playoffs every year. And it's know? a crap. And, and it's a crapshoot. That's his. That's his line. It's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, well, that's, Bull, that's the, baloney. That's, that's the money ball line. That's all what all the money ball analytic GMs use that same line. And that's fine. You know what? It is, but not because it's analytics. It's because you have to build. Yes. You have to build a team for the marathon of a season, but you also have, a, you also have to build a team that is built for the postseason as well. And when you have the lead that the Yankees did, you know, they had the luxury of, trying to find all those different things that they're searching for right now, a leadoff hitter, 
a, a solid number two hitter. And we haven't even talked about it yet, and I'm sure this is on your list of questions, but the bullpen is a mess right now. It's a mess. <laughs> they just announced this wow. morning that, you know, that Efros is, is uh, he's going to need Tommy John surgery. So he's off the uh, ADL roster. He's off the postseason roster. Uh, you know, with, uh, you know, a Rogers Chapman, you know, he, he's off the team. Yeah. He, uh, he decides he doesn't want to show up to work out. Right. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, this yeah. after he got infected, having another, cause he needed, he needed another tattoo yeah. on his body. Cause, cause that's yeah. what else he needed. Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. And this, this, this team is, is, is weak when it comes to that. You know, it's one of their Achilles heels of this team. And I don't know how you win a world series if you don't have a strong back end of the bullpen. Well, if you're a Yankee fan, you know, certainly, uh, or people who have covered the Yankees, who don't seem to be making a big deal about this bullpen. They're, they're saying that, well, you know, Domingo Herman can, can pitch, uh, in, in relief and, yeah, okay. uh, you know, Jamison Tyon can pitch in relief, you know, uh, have they done it in a postseason game? You know, I mean, I love Johnny Lasagna. I love the kid. Loisega is, you know, it's just one of those kids that, you know, when they come through the system, I, I love watching guys like that pitch and certainly uh, Peralta can get guys out, but you know, this is the postseason. This is the Yankees bullpen and no one seems to be like raising any red flags. If the Yankees get upset, it's going to be for three reasons. Number one, Garrett Cole pitches like Garrett Cole did last year in, in the, in the wild card game. Uh, the bullpen uh, doesn't seem to get the outs it needs late in games. And if this ridiculous lineup that's being put together, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't score five or six runs a game, because if they don't, I got, I got bad news for you. Uh, Yankee fans, this guardians team is young. They're hungry. They got a great manager. Uh, you know, their pitching staff seems to be, I mean, that bullpen, I think they led, I think they had the best bullpen in the American league this year, as far as the data, I, you know, this people are sleeping on this guardians team. Um, I just, I just don't see how the Yankees, they're going to have to have a lot of things go right for them to get through this first round, giving some of these guys the confidence that they're going to need moving forward. And I know it sounds ridiculous. People are going to say, Oh, you know, you're, you're a Met guy killing the Yankees. I'm not, I'm trying to be objective, you know, objective and in being objective, it's funny to me. I hear Yankees call sports radio all the time. I have a lot of friends that are Yankee fans. These are not my opinions. These are the things that Yankee fans have either said to me or I've heard on the radio or I've read, you know, on all the different, you know, message boards around. I'm dating myself message boards. (laughs) Um, but you know what I'm saying, Mike? I mean, if, you know, Yankee fans. Yankee fans still have that World Series or bust mentality, even if the even if the front it's hard, listen. Anymore. As a Yankee fan, it's hard to accept. And the thing is, in some ways, I want the Yankees to lose because I want to be done with Brian Cashman and and Aaron Boone's a nice guy, but I don't I don't think he's the right manager for this town or or this team right now. And if you're and if you're Cleveland, I, I walk Aaron Judge every time he's up. Just pitch around no. him. That's it. Why would you? Why would because, you pitch them? Especially if he's, I mean, he's leading off. Is that the only, that's probably the only reason yeah, why he's batting. Yeah, you, you pitch to him the first at bat, and after that, you just pitch around him. That's it. He's, 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 he's the only guy that can really beat you. And, and Rizzo, Rizzo would be the second guy, but Rizzo's inconsistent when it comes to, you know, the, the solid average and everything like that. His average is about 100 points less than what Aaron judges. So, uh, 
that's it. Uh, Mets season comes to a close. The Yankees playoff push begins. Uh, we'll see what happens if they can make it to round two. I'm Mike Demergis. He's Mark Healy from Gotham Baseball. We'll continue on through the playoffs with the playoff push. Thank you.